0: Hello and welcome to Games with Garfield. I'm your host Jessica Price and I'm here with Scaf Elias. Hello. And Richard Garfield. Hola. We have a very exciting podcast for you tonight. We're going to talk to a guy named Casey Muratore and a little bit later we'll talk about a Spectromancer expansion. So Casey, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: I'm Casey Muratori and uh, by day I am a game programmer. I work at Rad Game Tools on game technology.
0: And is it true that they're behind the video in Every game.
1: I don't know if it's every game, but it's very close to every game. I <laughs> guess I uh, I'm not sure how many games ship a year without their video stuff in it, but it's a lot. Uh, I don't know if that's because nobody else wants to do it, or if that's just because ours ours is good. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, by night I'm actually working um, for Penny Arcade to do a little bit of uh, planning on Pax Dev, which is the thing that I was going to talk about here. So.
0: What is Pax Dev? Pax Dev
1: is a two-day extension to to Pax. Basically, it's going to be the two days before Pax, uh, and although they're kind of uh, adjacent in time, they're separate events. So, the the main Pax Prime, which happens I guess at the the end of August, beginning of September, traditionally. Uh, is sort of the gaming event. And then there's going to be a developer-centric event that's only for game developers. Uh, that'll be the two days before it.
0: Oh, so like GDC was back when it was cool. Uh,
1: yes. Well, hopefully. Uh, that's the goal. It's, uh, and, and it's going to be game development-centric, so it's not really going to have biz dev stuff or production, that sort of stuff. It's going to be strictly about developing games. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons I decided to talk to you guys about it was because it's uh, also going to have a big tabletop... Uh, design and uh, an art component to it, and so we've been trying to sort of get opinions and ideas from people about what would be good to have. Um, one of the things we want to do with the conference is make it more sort of more like going to work at a game company with interesting people, brainstorming around a whiteboard, coming up with interesting solutions to problems, learning how other people do things, and you know, improving how you do things based on that. And so uh, we're trying not to have it be just people lecturing to an audience the entire time.
0: So it prompted the decision to, I mean, PAX has always been very fan-centered. What prompted the decision to do a developer-only component?
1: Developers, actually. Uh, A lot of developers just wanted to have a developer event that they could have. Because PAX is very large, and it's full of gaming stuff, and there's really not much you can do in terms of having developer things there. Uh, Because, I mean, that just, it's already filled to capacity. There's nothing, you know, they're they're out of space already.
0: Yeah, I know. I I used to go there a day of and pick up a badge and last year right. <laughs> uh, a couple of my colleagues were giving a panel and so I told them I'd come and i show up and I'm like okay where do I buy my pass and they're like, it's like "Nope, you didn't get it on the internet beforehand yeah. you know we're sold out
2: we, we should probably interject to hear exactly what PAX is it's probably a, a number of people in our audience who, who don't recognize it it's a, um, a, a, a pretty exciting local show that's uh, become quite big over the last few years and uh, one of the reasons it's so exciting is because it uh, I mean it has a Huge video game presence, but uh, it also has a reasonable paper game presence, and uh, and so this uh, extension into uh, um, into focusing on game game development is and, and incorporating both paper and uh, computer games is 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 pretty original.
0: Yeah, the name Pax stands for Penny Arcade Expo, and the name actually comes from there was a game focused comic strip on the web called Penny Arcade, and the community grew up around it and eventually got to the point where they were able to do their own convention, which has, I think since E3 became, you know, much more industry focused, has become the biggest uh, gaming convention open to fans in the country. So it's really grown up very quickly. So how did you get involved with putting together this developer? Um,
1: well, I've, I've been friends with uh, some of the people at Penny Arcade for a long time. And so, really, I just kind of came on to get things started a little bit. They obviously are not developers. Um, Penny Arcade, you know, they run a comic and they run a convention. So developers were asking for a development conference, but of course they need some developers on board to kind of get things started. I think once it's established what PAX Dev is, how it works, and so on, then it's it can be very you know community run, kind of like PAX is now. Uh, but at least at the outset, it's just kind of helpful to have some developers who you know they know and can work with to just kind of get some uh, some stuff. So uh, I was just kind of volunteering to be like i 'll go talk to some people, and mostly what i 've been doing is i 've been trying to talk to developers uh, in in the industry about what would be cool new ideas, like what could we do at this conference that 's different from what 's been done at conferences before? Uh, you know what gets you excited to go to a conference again? A lot of people don 't really like going to development conferences anymore. Um, why is that what What would change your mind? you know What would get you interested in it and so that was kind of one of the things that I want to talk to you guys about too. Tabletop-wise, it's like, you know, is there, are there good tabletop conferences now? What would make you excited about going to a conference? What would your ideal conference look like? Who would be there? What would you be doing, you know? Um, because that's all the, the stuff that we can then take and make sure that Paxdiv has that. So, you know, and, I, and so far I've found that game developers... Uh, since they always tend to be very creative people, have just had lots of great ideas. And so I think there's going to be some pretty interesting
0: things. Can you uh, talk about any of the cool things that you're going to be doing? Uh, One
1: of the things that I'm most excited about is uh, what we're going to try and do is every year there's a PAX 10 thing that they do at Penny Arcade. And what that is is people uh, in the independent game community, they can submit their games Uh, to Penny Arcade. And Penny Arcade gets together, uh, I think about like 50 industry people or so. They play through all the games and they pick the top 10 out of all the submissions for exhibition at PAX. Meaning you just get a free, you know, you can show your game to the public for free, which is huge because, you know, normally publishers have to pay a lot of money to be on the show floor, do whatever. You know, I don't don't even know how that stuff works. But point being, that's a fairly big deal. Yeah,
3: Richard and I actually had a game in the PAX 10 a couple years ago. Awesome.
1: Oh, a game. Which game?
3: Uh, Schizoid.
1: Oh, okay. I know you guys worked on Schizoid.
3: Yeah. We uh, designed it along with uh, Torpex game. Torpex. Awesome.
1: Well, yeah. So, okay. So you guys are intimately familiar with this process. Yes. (laughs) Intimately. Pseudo-intimately familiar. Somewhat. Uh, Okay. So what we're going to do, uh, or rather what we've planned to do so far, is we're going to take the submissions for that, and for people who don't make the PAX 10... If you would like, we are going to take, uh, say, the next ten games or the next five games in there, and we're going to take those and we're going to have top designers from the from the video game industry basically take those as a starting point, and one of our sessions is probably going to be a, a two-hour block of them working together to figure out what what isn't working in this game and what are the things that they could do to fix it and to improve it, right? So we can basically watch how different top designers from different studios analyze a gameplay situation, how they think about what's happening in there, what's going wrong, what's going right, what, how they brainstorm ideas themselves and with each other about how to fix it. Um, and then see kind of that whole result play out, uh, you you know, in front of an audience. That's pretty cool. Um, So I'm kind of excited about that because that hits on all of the kind of things that I think would be cool about uh, having a different style conference, which is getting at those things that you can't see in a lecture format. Right. It's very hard to get that stuff to come across in a lecture form. no matter how good the presenter is. It's that ability to see them really doing what they really do best and how they do it. Um, and furthermore, the cross pollination of different designers, seeing how they work, seeing how they can play off each other and so on. I'm really excited about it. So, again, who knows? All of these things are experimental. Maybe, you know, it'll, it'll turn out to be terrible. I have no idea. But I, I'm really excited about that one. I think it has a lot of potential. So that's the kind of thing that we're looking for.
0: Very cool. So why the decision to exclude production?
3: That's uh because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: first I will say I take I, I take a lot of personal awful. blame for that. So any people who are production oriented and who are disappointed that there's not going to be uh production at, at this pack stuff. More than likely, uh, that's, that's probably largely my fault. Production is, uh, well, it encompasses a lot of things, but some examples of it would be like scheduling. Uh, how do you manage the art staff? How do you figure out your content management system? All of the things that are involved in actually getting a game done that are not specifically making a piece of the game would typically fall into production Up until the part where you start getting into business, which is like we're negotiating the contracts. That's not considered production. Um, So it's a very wide swath... Uh, on a modern game, uh, if it's a A game, you're talking about a very large swath of, of potential work there, producers and associate producers, um, people who are working on uh, like tool systems even to some degree, like there might be entire database management teams or something doing stuff like that, that would technically be considered production.
0: Oh, yeah, because just speaking as somebody who works in major game developer and does not particularly enjoy production and yet continually ends up having to do a lot of of it, better ways to do that—you know—ways to get yes. it out of the way efficiently would seem to me to be something that I would think most developers would be really interested in.
1: Yeah, and and I I totally agree with that. And so, like I said, since I take some responsibility for that, uh, <laughs> I, I can I'll take the blame for that. I'll give the explanation of of why I was pushing for that.
0: It's um, not fun. I get that, but as far yes. as you know, what's useful?
1: Uh, so the reason for that was I. Th- Personally, I feel that where you draw the line of what you cover at a conference has less to do with whether or not that content is valuable to discuss versus what the focus and mental space of the attendees will be when they are there. And so my feeling on it was... Not that biz dev or press or production or any of those things are not important. They are becoming increasingly important every day for every game. So there's no question about that. Uh, My feeling on it is more that there needed to be a conference where from the time that people walk in the door, they are thinking solely about just the game. And to do that, you have to sacrifice, I think, several totally valid topics for game development in order to keep that mental space of, like, we're not going to worry about how much it costs to make this game. We're not going to worry about where we're going to get that money. We're not going to worry about how to get everyone on the same page. We're not going to worry about diversity issues in the workplace. All of those things that could totally be make or break your game, we're just not going to think about them at this conference. And so that's part of the reason why... Um, it's got the narrow focus that it does, is to see, at least for this first year, what happens if we keep it very tightly focused to we are making just the game today and let other conferences, because there are a lot of other development conferences, keep uh, sort of the wider net because, you know, there are plenty of places to go to talk about production, and I, and I think that's good. Um, well, so that hopefully that – does that answer that the question? That sounds like a fresh
2: approach, which is uh, going to have a lot of appeal, I think.
0: So are the results of PAX dev, do you think going to inform or affect the panels in PAX prime that are about game development?
3: Oh yeah. Are you moving some of the panels away? Will there be any
0: cross-pollination? Will there be any? So
1: I, unfortunately I really can't speak to that with any real, uh, authority. I'm afraid I'm just not that involved in the PAX prime stuff. um, Largely because, like, I I work on a volunteer basis for them, so I only have so much time to really, like, spend on, on getting to know the whole pipeline. So if they
3: paid you, you'd do a better job than you're doing now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, No. Uh, I gave them as much time as I could. They're very nice to me. I I just simply don't have the ability to take an actual job job there, right? That's not not something I can fit into my schedule. Uh, But it seems like it would be
0: really cool if you're getting all of these, you know, AAA game designers together anyway. It seems like it would be cool to do a panel at PAX Prime for, you know, the people who want to get into development, people who may want to design their own games, sort of being the what we learned from PAX Dev.
1: Uh, I I totally agree, and at least personally, my hope is that, if anything, uh, having PAX dev right before PAX Prime is going to lead to even more developers being at PAX. Uh, mm. I know that a lot of developers do go to PAX now. Some of them participate. Uh, and so I'm hoping that this gives even more of an excuse for them to go, because now it's like I can... Book one plane ticket, one hotel room, and I can go to both Pax Dev, where I talk to all my d- developer uh you know friends and work on development stuff, and then I can stay for Pax Prime and be a part of the fan community and interact with them and everything so i don't know my experiences at Pax Prime has always been great. Uh, I love the show couldn't recommend it highly enough um so my hope is that that happens. But that said, I'm not involved with that at all, so I really don't know uh, what what'll be happening there. I do suspect that if there are submissions, because PAX Dev does have an open submission process in addition to like curated content, um, I suspect that if there are submissions which really aren't that appropriate for PAX Dev, but that sound like good stuff from game developers, I'd be really surprised if the suggestion wasn't, "Hey, let's do this as a PAX panel." I mean, it's the natural thing to do. Yeah. You know.
2: Is there anything besides PAX
1: Prime and PAX Dev? PAX East. PAX East? There is a basically a version of PAX Prime that is held on the East Coast called PAX I think, East. I
3: think that's where the Prime came is from. Because that... it used to just be PAX.
1: It used to just be PAX, but now they called it PAX Prime to differentiate it from East because there's two separate PAX. Oh, okay, so it's not
2: differentiated from PAX Dev. That's correct. And there's nothing else other than PAX East, PAX Prime, and PAX Dev
0: at the moment. Do you see anything else yeah. in at the, the? moment? moment. Let's see if I have any influence <laughs> is there, going to be PAX Um
3: so well Pax East is Pax double prime. So and then pack when they have their their one in Russia, that will that will <laughs> actually be Pax East. East. And then yeah. uh Pax double prime will be the current Pax East and then PAX prime yeah. will be the current. Assuming PAX that prime.
1: prime in this case means derivative.
3: Then no, it no, would no, seem like no, there would prime, have to still No, no, be a prime PAX, means right? not, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, prime.
1: I'm thinking prime, like, like you know, when you, you're in yeah. math, you're like F prime, yeah, F yeah, double yeah. prime yeah. being the second derivative. Well, that's
2: what I was thinking, but so then maybe it's yeah. just a prime cut of meat.
1: It could just be prime. Like, th- this is prime. <laughs> but then again, what's an east cut of meat? That I don't know, right? but I don't think I want to eat it. Yet I've heard PAX East is, is delicious, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confused. Uh, again, these are, these are questions for them, not me, because I really don't know. I, I, think, don't. I think it's
3: a more of a, I'm imagining it's more of a science fiction prime, you know, like, <laughs> this is Earth Prime.
1: Oh, like the Metroid Prime. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so this is that. the
3: biggest, baddest prime. Packs of I, them yes, all. I think. Okay. I imagine. Well, I mean, it is. Because,
1: uh, yeah. Presumably. Yeah. It's not just Pax the biggest, Alpha. baddest
0: packs. It's the biggest, baddest gaming convention. Thing that there is. Yes. Okay. Indeed. All right. The biggest, baddest thing.
3: Outside of Japan.
0: Outside of Japan.
3: Um, so, uh, Casey, what, what games have you worked on? Games have I worked on? Yeah. Well, how long have you been in the game industry?
0: That that
1: depends how you count it, because I work on game technology.
3: Oh, okay. so if you if you're willing, oh, really then... so you've never, so you've always been on the tech side. You've never Pre- actually
1: pretty much. If you're willing to count. Games that use that technology, I, I get a pretty impressive uh, okay. list out of it. But <laughs> no, I am not. I'm not the type of person who works on specific games. So if there was a particular game that you love or hate, I am in no way responsible for anything other than perhaps like the character animation in it or the video playback or something like this. But yet <laughs> you you.
3: You were chosen for the development side of the of the conference, so that I was wondering if you had actually done design.
1: Well, you have to remember that this development conference is not just design. I'm no. talking about design mostly because you guys are designers. Right. But this uh, conference has a, a heavy programming component to it. Too. Sure, but, but so then, then again, you
3: weren't, on, you weren't programming specific games either. You were programming tools, right? So. Uh,
1: well, these are components that are core components in games, if that makes sense. So like uh-huh. all of the character animation in you know, various games, like say you know, Age of Mythology or something like that, right, right. was something yeah. that I wrote. So I'm very familiar with all of the tech stuff, and uh-huh. because I've worked with so many other companies, since they all use the licensed technology, uh-huh. I'm in a good position to work with them, uh-huh. right? Like, so, you know, uh, that, that's mostly why uh, it's useful for me to kind of go out and, uh, and be the person who talks to people about doing that sort of stuff. I don't know anything about game design. Like uh-huh. zero.
2: So, in Age of Mythology, um, I thought the Minotaur walked with a little hitch. Is that your fault? That would be my fault, <laughs> okay. Pro- probably.
1: Uh, th- there's a, that there's, really got to me. There's a long list of games that 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 use character animation stuff that I wrote, and all, if there are hitches in it, it was probably because I I made a mistake. <laughs> I'm totally willing to copy that.
0: So, what are Richard and scaff People who've worked on card games and tabletop games and board games. Um, from that angle, what sort of panels, what sort of discussions would you think would be really useful at a developer conference?
3: I like the part <laughs> of the bar afterward where people drink and criticize each other.
0: <laughs> and tell horror stories about other people uh, that were at the conference.
1: Well, actually, I'd drill down on that, unless that was totally in jest.
3: Nah, it was not totally in jest. So
1: tell, so tell me about this. You, at the bar, yeah. after a conference, sure. everyone's getting a little... But. Looser, yeah. Right. And you're saying they're criticizing each other? How so? Oh, sometimes you get...
3: <laughs> Richard's <laughs> laughing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: know that this is going.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. pretty. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I was uh, sort of uh, famous for getting uh, putting my foot in my mouth and oh. those sorts of things. Oh,
0: yeah. okay. Oh, do share.
3: No, no, that's all right. Uh, but you like yeah, this part douche. of Dimensions conventions, you say. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I do. Um, the, the horror stories are fun. Uh, and uh and and then sometimes, like I said, yeah, people will be able to speak a little bit more freely in these kinds of settings and and uh, I always find it really interesting when you know person x instead of saying, "Oh, we love this and blah blah blah, and oh, that was a great game and I, I really like it when people just dive in and start um, to rip on just something. rip on something because yeah. you especially when the person is someone you respect, as a designer, it, it, you get a lot of insight into what they really think when they're maybe not necessarily talking to a general audience and they're saying, that game sucked because of this. And, uh, that's the sort of thing that these conferences are great for because you go and you listen to the panels and the panels are are good, but then afterward, if you're paying attention, you can actually learn a lot more. And sometimes they're talking about, like, classic games like Zork, and right? That's, I've heard, I've heard that that has happened at one conference.
0: How do you feel yeah. about Zork? Steph? When you,
3: when you step on a game like Zork, you get, you make some people mad, don't you? Yeah, I would say almost everyone in the room. There are a lot of Zork apologists out there. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of Zork apologists. Um, and there's one Zork, uh, just uh slammer that'd be me that would be you yeah you
0: have to understand i've never heard the zork rant i've heard about the zork rant from like six different people so how
1: long is this podcast like (laughs) can we can we hear the zork rant no no
3: we'll just let zork go this time right for now we'll let zork go but in the
0: future someday the zork Zork, podcast someday is
3: groundbreaking
0: we can talk about text adventures
3: there's a no, yeah. I the, know
0: why you hate it, right? Because it's narrative focused.
3: Narrative focused. <laughs> no, it's focused on a, a random walk. <laughs> what do you mean? The, I,
1: so the rant is like is is barely contained right
0: now. <laughs> know, can you like, see?
1: like you can push him just a little bit <laughs> yeah, more if you want, and and it's coming out whether he wants it to or not.
0: Oh, it's so. okay. We'll do. We should do a podcast sometime. Yeah. On How
3: fun adventures. is a freaking random walk from the center of a grid to the edge of it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, except the walls are text. Great. And you can't really see them. Whip out your dictionary. That's, that's fun. Go north. No, no, that's really fun. You that's what will make way. games big. Yeah, that was influential on a whole generation of freaking game designers. Zork. I
0: know. Yeah, great. Never played it. Yeah. I do, however, know all these phrases from it, like you have been eaten by a grew.
3: Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, do you ever play Photopia? No, I have not. Is it like Zork
1: it's the It's the polar opposite in 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 uh i guess interactive fiction, if you will, land um, opposite so I was how?
3: am I reading and typing in words it is it, a I, highly constrained am, walk uh-huh. but am i am I reading and typing in words
1: you are reading and s- typing in some words where you are very clear about what they are yeah. So it's the reading. We lost at Reading.
3: Yeah, you lo- you lost All me right. at reading and right. uh, and also typing. All right. Yeah, <laughs> reading and typing don't. Th- that's not. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, that's not fun. I'm, you're not I much heard. of an MMO G- Guessing the than vocabulary I am.
2: that's intended. Yeah. Ring the bell, but you. I don't but, know no, what no, You but, mean <laughs> <laughs> hit the bell? I don't know what you mean. Slam the bell. The bell rings out <laughs> in a pearly. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, but 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 you're saying uh, photopia. I don't have to figure out what words I'm trying to use.
1: It's, I'm not suggest. I, I was merely trying to get another data point, mm-hmm. uh, cause so I picked one that happened to be in that yeah, space. It, uh, Photopia is narrative focused. Zork is not. Uh, Zork is, is nuts and bolts puzzle solver with very little narrative in it. Uh, so I was just curious, you know, if narrative changed your mind on it, or if it wasn't. Sounds like,
0: sounds well, like and, the answer is no. And frankly, like, I like the see is Scaff, but, you know, from what I know of Zork, I'm like, it doesn't sound that interesting. Like. You know the puzzle of like what do I have to do to actually get through this thing is you know kind of entertaining, but I've played interactive fiction games where you know they've come up with every possible synonym for you know touch, pick up, whatever yeah the object, and if you put anything remotely having to do with that object in it, it's like okay, yeah, um, but yeah i it, Zork, I've understood is frustrating, and i anybody here heard of Forum Wars? No. It's a browser-based... Sounds fun. It's awesome. It's a browser-based parody of, (laughs) you know, where what you do is you go and you pwn forums. by. Awesome. You you can play as an emo kid, a cam whore, (laughs) a hacker, or a troll. Who has made this game? I don't know. It's just this little... um, But one of the... Most of the time you just go and you you take down these forums, right? But one of the little side adventures you can do is a text adventure game called Trapped in a Cupboard, Mm -hmm. and there's no way to get out of the first room.
3: Yeah, that sounds like Zork.
0: (laughs) It's a parody of Zork, and it's hilarious. Anyway, highly recommend Forum Wars. That's Forum Wars with a Z. It is M-rated, so just be aware, but highly recommend it. Cool. Is
1: this podcast M-rated, or is this okay for kids?
0: It, we have a clean... Well, until
3: now, with this link to an M-rated okay. thing, until this I, very instant... Okay. No, no,
0: I gave no link. I just mentioned right.
3: you, Yeah. You mentioned something for people to Google. When you speak a word, right. you're giving a link in right. today's that, yes. search engine okay. world. So
1: basically, you have single-handedly dragged us down into... That's right. Into no longer
3: yeah. okay. PG right. because of Jessica. All right.
0: It's there is no PG, there is no M, there is only clean and explicit on iTunes, and we are still clean. All
1: right, I'll watch my mouth. I'll yeah. continue to watch my mouth. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, how old is *Forum Wars*? Wars with a Z. Um,
0: there are now three episodes of it. The first episode was free, and then they started charging for mm. the second one. Yeah, Scratch Zombie <laughs> on is the company behind it. They've got right. my money
1: already. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready to buy. I, I the will be downloading I, that tonight, but I'm ready to the buy. The
0: moment that I heard that you could. Play as an emo kid, and that your ammo was tears.
1: This sounds fantastic. And your
0: attacks are things like post suicide notes. How have I not heard about this? I don't know, but okay. it's it's brilliant. It, it is pretty. Good. It, I mean, it parodies the entire internet. There that's, is nothing that great. it doesn't. Uh...
3: So anyway, yeah. So trying to elicit from people their true feelings, yeah, uh, is is hard. Um, their true feelings about what they like are are very easy to get on these panels, and their true feelings about what they hate are not easy to get. And. Uh, so you're sort of uh, you know, fighting with one arm tied behind your back in terms of actually learning from the wisdom of these people that have been in the industry.
1: So I'm just going to throw this out here because this is the only thing I can think of
3: mm-hmm.
1: that would fit this. So like, would it be totally out of the question for us to have – like a session, basically called I Anonymous, where somebody gives their opinion of something from a cupboard with like a Vox thing on them, so they can literally <laughs> just say whatever the hell they wanted about a game,
3: right, right. You know, here's and the, then go. And here's the, or, right, and here's here's the only problem with that. That that's a that's a good first step, but then you don't know who's giving. And you right. want to know. Right. So, because
0: you want to know whether you consider their opinion worthwhile.
3: Exactly. And and also because you know the sort of things that they do well. Like if Sid Meier is out there and he's just, you know, railing against people and whatever, and he's like, yeah. this is stupid, that's stupid, that's stupid. And if he's talking about, I don't know, uh, First person shooters, maybe I don't care that much, but if he's right. talking about other strategy games, then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, oh hey, wow, he's right, oh, got it. Or, I you know, start to understand more. So unfortunately the anonymity is not okay. You're, you're going yeah. to get, you're going to get good, insightful comments, but no one's going to trust them. So that means they're worthless.
1: So I guess the only r- real thing we can probably do
3: is liquor up the panel before liquor up
1: the panel yeah. as much as possible, which I think even the panel will be in favor of, I'm guessing. Well,
3: I Uh, wonder if you
0: could do a... I wonder if you could get sort of the same thing with maybe not as much specificity, but with a, like, here is my particular genre of games that I work in, and here's, like, what not to do. So at
1: least you have some context for the person's...
3: It is. No, and and that's all helpful. And and you can do sample games, like, Mm -hmm. if, if you again it's hard because the conference is such a short time and so if you gave everyone a sample game at the beginning of the conference to play for an hour that then you deconstruct right. that sort of thing is it is yeah. good but you're going to say oh well that's you know, those lessons are a little bit harder to apply than if it's a major game that's been on the market released and and everyone's played it a bunch and then you can start tearing into it um, but
0: what's specifically from a board game card game tabletop do you have anything you'd like to see because i
3: Oh, besides the how? How? Could I mean, you...
0: that's great for any genre. That's overall, right. but specifically. So specifically,
3: any... what would we like to see for card and board games?
0: <laughs> Richard doesn't want to.
1: <laughs> so here's,
3: here's Richard's only interested in talking. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> no, I
2: mean, like like I've been lured into many many talks with enticing titles like that, and. Sometimes they have something interesting to say, sometimes not. So it's hard to well, – like I'm picturing trying to be excited about reading that description, and that would excite me, and then I would be disappointed.
1: So here's, here's a question for you that's uh, perhaps a little bit more uh, specific about that, though, which is – because by and large, I actually feel roughly the same way you feel. Um, a lot of times you read something and you go to the ta- lecture, and there's maybe five minutes of it that were what I wanted, and then it was 55 minutes of me not – getting that, right? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I've been pushing for, let's try different stuff. So the way that I've uh, found that a lot of these ideas come from is like, don't think conference. Think, when have you actually learned something from another designer in life, or if, if that has ever happened, and what kind of circumstances are those? How do we recreate more stuff like that and less stuff like people getting up and giving lectures, right? Um, so I, and, and I don't know, again, not being game designer, I don't know how game designers best learn from each other, um, or how, what kind of situations they work best in. One of the things we were talking about, for example, is one of the rooms we were going to set, uh, up as it's just got tons of board game design stuff in it so that at any time during the conference, if people want to do, try something out, it's there and it's ready. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like we're open to anything, anything that people think will create the kind of environment where people can learn from each other and and have good ideas.
3: So what have you learned from other designers, Richard, directly? any Anything?
1: Well, no, I, I learn from games, right?
2: right. Like but, I don't learn from designers. I learn from designers indirectly. I play a lot of games. Interesting. Right? Uh, when, uh, like like you see, uh, my walls of games there, yes. they're – their research, right? And yeah, I, I like getting them out. I like playing games that I don't even end up liking and analyzing uh, what makes them tick and why they're you know what what's good in them, what's not. But but sitting down with people and talking about it, I don't know. That's never worked so much.
1: That's interesting. Okay, so you find that that by the vast majority of anything you can think of, where you learn something new, it was always by you playing the game and thinking about it afterwards. Right.
2: It's like I mean, in in. Uh, if, if I were a writer, it would be like somebody who had learned a lot by reading a lot of ra- authors, yeah. right? It's not like, it's not like I'm, uh, my opinions on game design and my game design talents are, uh, come from a vacuum. I'm very open with, uh, with my sources of inspiration, which, uh, there's many, many, many good games. And, uh, th- uh and, and I make a real effort to learn not only paper and card games, but also computer games, mm-hmm. uh, that, that are not in genres which I even intend to play, like, uh, or intend to design for, like shooting. And things like that, and see what
1: differentiates
2: them and what makes them interesting.
1: So, would it be interesting to you, for example, if uh, there was a curated play session? Uh, by, for example, people who were experts in some genre that was very far from yours. So, for example, if there was some kind of a curated play session for first-person shooters where somebody who was an expert in that was going to go, here are some things we've set up. They're you know, brief segments of various games that I think highlight very interesting things that people may have missed if they don't study this genre.
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Is
1: that the kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe you could do one, for example, that was that for board games. Like, here's a set of games we're going to play You know, over the course of two hours or something like that just, you know, or even maybe one or two. And there are things I think that's important for you to experience as a designer that you probably wouldn't because they're not super popular, that kind of thing.
2: That's possible, although the time frame there may be tough. tough. Like like, yes, uh, like when true. you're talking about like traditional card games and things like that, you know, it'll take you an hour before you... A lot of those games will take you an hour before you can start to feel comfortable enough to begin to understand what's going on.
0: You know, but one of the things that you do that might be really useful to uh, talk to other designers about is I know that... With a lot of your games, you keep track um, on the cover of, like, who won, like, what they were playing, like, if there are different characters or if they're different. Sure. Um, so it, it might be sort of interesting for the games in which you have a lot of data there to, like, have people play that game, talk about it, and then be like, by the way, because I know that you also make an effort to play with a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life who might not be particularly sure. well-represented sure.
3: Well, right. And so there's a couple of interesting things there. First of all, it's hard to ask Richard because in particular, he's one of the top people in his field. So it's a lot harder for him to learn from other people than it is for other people. Um, so so th- th- there's a little bit of that weirdness going on. And I think... Uh Maybe you did learn at some point i don 't know you probably didn't have a class in you know fifth grade as a a game design class, but like for instance, for a writer, writers probably do actually learn directly, not from reading, but probably most of that takes place really early in their life. And then after after some point they're speaking they're, they're as getting a writer. A lot of... It's
0: similar in that you learn the most just from reading.
3: No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if if you if you look at the people you actually learn from directly and not from reading, uh, obviously you learn most from reading, and obviously you're going to learn most from playing the games. But if you learn things from other people, it's probably earlier rather than later. That they, they Because that's at the time when you haven't read a whole lot yet. So the chances that you're actually getting new information from someone directly are much
0: well, I think are much higher early than they are I, late. I think one of the things you'll find about most professional writers is that almost across the board, they started reading voraciously at an early age. And I I mean, the sort of stuff they teach you in school, mm-hmm. right,
3: that doesn't Nothing.
0: end up affecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, what they teach you about writing in school is so basic uh-huh. that it doesn't really end up affecting you as, you know, a professional writer. I wouldn't trust a writer that doesn't read a lot. It Sounds like as a game designer, you'd be suspicious of a game designer oh, that doesn't play a lot of games. I'm, I'm
2: very suspicious and, and I actually there's there's quite a number who don't play a lot of games and uh, it's a uh, in fact I'm 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 contributing a uh, a chapter to a, a a book on game design and my chapter is going to be play a lot of games, damn it. And uh, <laughs> And uh, But but there are there are some designers who disagree with me, and they don't play games because they don't want to be influenced by other people's designs. <laughs> but uh, for me, that's putting them first as designers. It's about them, whereas if it's about the game, then they should lo- read other people's designs because that's how you're going to make the best game. There's actually
0: a funny article on Cracked called, just recently called something like, um, like five things that you think are ruining movies that have been around forever or something like that, and they were – one of those things was adaptations, sequels, copying plots that have already been done before. And they pointed out that throughout history, you know, every great writer, most great artists, all steal from other people. You know, Shakespeare wrote like four plays where we can't immediately point to something that he was adapting. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it seems the idea that you're going to be able to, to generate all the ideas that you need to yourself without... Inspiration from other people seems naive, yeah, at best. No, that's certainly In my opinion. Orcs. I think uh,
2: I think it's uh, much better for games to to draw from a lot of sources and be
1: open with your inspiration.
3: So we've said it would be great if, this is a sort of summarize, it would be great if there were a way to get real criticism,
1: which which is interesting, and that's definitely something to think about. Obviously, we can provide and are going to be providing the. Space around the convention, like all of the uh, sort of things that aren't rooms in which something is happening right away, are set up for people to talk with each other. There's just a huge amount of space devoted to that. So we can get some of that personally, but in terms of how to get a structured way of getting that criticism, that's a really interesting problem. Alcohol may be
0: well, the solution Well, there another, there's
1: another possible solution. You need a new sponsor. Just
0: before you give your other possible solution, even Richard's curated play session seems like a, you know, if you're sitting around a table with a bunch of designers playing a game, they people are going to say things like, yeah, oh, that's... They might be more
1: open. Yeah,
3: yeah. that's true. Um, the other possibility is if you get the designer of the game to specifically lead the discussion on the criticism of their game. People will kind, feel of more open. kind of well, rip it
2: himself. Well, not necessarily
3: himself. Right, but like, if you feel like, if he says, "Okay, take your best shot,"
2: you know that'd be fun—is is do a game roast. I was just it's just like honoring the game, but but at the same time, uh, just Desh- mocking Desh- it it. Right. the uh, right. right. And, I mean, and like, wow, yeah, like GTA That's very could certainly
3: stand to some roasting, right? Uh, sure, like, like all the stupid stuff in it. Yeah, and the thing is yeah. that that would work. Yeah. I think it would work much better if the designer yeah. were there, if the lead designer were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and if it was, if it was, and works. he were in good. You sure, know. yeah, because then you don't to have to it. worry about if he kind of gave you
1: permission, is basically yeah exactly, saying. Like, exactly. Then you yeah. have permission for an hour to rip on my game, right. and I'm swimming in a pool of money out back anyway, so yes. like yeah, it doesn't do, matter you, yes. you do it with well,
2: successful, games.
1: yeah exactly, to,
0: and whatever said the designer would be hearing firsthand, so you don't have to worry about you know or yeah, no talking saying, to somebody and so being and like, so, "Oh right. well it, you know Pax dev, Richard Garfield yeah. said this about your game,
3: yeah. Yeah. So, like, a, in fact, you could. I like
1: it. I love. That sounds great.
3: Yeah. Like a series of those kind of things. You could even do, you know, two or three different ones if you could get yeah, the d- designers. Yeah, d- depending on how up. many
1: designers would be willing to. Yeah.
3: Just.
0: Yeah. Be roasted. yeah. yeah. Well, and I, th- I think maybe if you only did one from each genre. Right. Like, you could kind because of I feel like if you did like two FPSs in a row, right? And so the first one goes on, and then yeah. that designer comes <laughs> yeah. down and is all yeah. burning. It's and so, yeah. You know, it's like right. well. That's not so good.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, game roast. That's great. I
2: mean, you could also have the premise that like any game can be roasted, mm-hmm. right? Everybody, everything has some things you can point at, and uh and so yeah, and you you pick on the you pick on the successful ones. Yeah, pick uh, on the
0: most popular ones. Um, they can, you can take call it.
2: it. Laughing my way to the bank or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so for, yeah for the curated game sessions, what you might do one of the things is if you if you set up a room filled with games, one of the problems is that people's natural inclination is to go to the games they know and play those but if you had uh game sessions which were specifically set up to take people out of their comfort zone
1: uh, yeah i and, like that
2: and and so you have these designers come in and play Bunko or you know something yeah. they just don't usually play and yeah. uh, and uh try and, and and maybe somebody who's leading it uh in in the case of more complicated games um, um or, or any game i guess
1: yeah i like all of these actually
3: oh good all right. So what else?
1: Not everyone at this conference is going to be a top dog, obviously, right? And so there's a question of what kind of content is good for newer designers? What co- You're saying that there's a lot of things that you think about how game design should be done. Do you have any ideas along the lines of like, okay, so for the less experienced people, what's, what's a good thing? What's, what kind of content should, you know, if you take some greener folks and you want them someday to design games that aren't crap, what do we start with? What do we do for Tabletop?
3: We just wrote a textbook. We did. That, uh, Seriously? So what you do is you yeah. go
0: out and buy their textbook. Yeah, now That's, would be yeah. a really good time to plug yeah. that.
3: Buy the damn book. Well, what except the called? book's not out yet. It, the book is called Characteristics of Games through MIT Press, and it will come out about a year from now.
0: Can you Whoa. pre-order Whoa. it on really? Amazon it a year? Yet?
3: In nine months or something like that, yeah. Can, can you, you pre-order sign, it? Or?
0: Can you sign up on Amazon for You pre-order it through us. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Here's an address. Just, leave this money in a, yeah, in a mailbox. Just send some money yeah. and uh, okay. Yeah, no, uh, no, I don't, I don't believe you can. Although, actually, you could contact MIT Press and ask them about it, and that will only help the game, the book come out sooner. So um, I
1: didn't realize there's such a huge lead time. That's and
0: impressive. so are flying monkeys. Well,
3: what happens Go is I believe there's these release <laughs> windows, and we were supposed to release around now, and we missed it. Okay. For various reasons.
1: So now you are in a different window. Yeah, we
3: you know, are now in a different that window. The
1: birds crash into windows. That was you. That's us. And yeah. you're waiting for it to open again. <laughs> we're,
2: we're all like stunned. We're on trying it. to see yeah. if we're, we're going to revive ourselves or not. There's okay. uh, some
3: preprints floating out around there. I think. Um, where does Eric Zimmerman teach? See, he uses it. At Where is he?
2: Well, I, was, NYU, NYU. I he was at NYU, I
3: think. NYU. NYU. So there's some preprints floating around. Uh, and we taught a course at University of Washington for a while that used large chunks of it okay. and made sort of uh, early copies of the chapters available to the students there. So there's stuff out about it. It, uh, it got a lot more polished through the process of actually writing it So uh, because there were editors and stuff. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: I was so offended I, I, when they added editors to this project. Yeah, I know. Yeah. seriously.
1: Almost walked out, right? I, just like I've had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate editors.
2: Yeah, anyway. I don't like my spell checker either.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it
3: sucks.
0: It's you I know what? It's
3: constantly taunting with that little red line.
2: Yeah,
0: it
3: it um it stifles my
2: creativity. Damn you, red line! <laughs> yeah. Right click, uh, add to dictionary every time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <a> so <laughs> it's a word
1: if I say it's a word, and not before.
3: Right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so th- th- that's uh, that's one thing is read the book or take our courses. So the
2: the, the, the thrust of the of the book is it's trying to establish. Uh, there's th- there's this idea that when you get into get into college and you decide to take a film course. You've already have this. Uh, this uh, you've, you've already got twelve years of education in 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 in, in various aspects of storytelling. Yes. But when you try to get into games, you've got no formal education in games. Right. And so and so the book is uh, focused on really basic stuff, like just talking about uh, what the different aspects of games there are and and trying to establish a, a vocabulary for them. And we also uh, try to tie together. A really wide variety of games. Uh, so, for instance, the beginning characteristics we talk about are, are really simple. They're things like the number of players and how long the game takes. Okay. And and there are different implications to your game if it has two people or two sides of uh, two teams or three or more people or or you know, thirteen people or one person. All these things have effects on the games. And and so then once we once we start talking about those effects, we tie it into uh, into Paper games, uh, board and card games, computer games, sports, uh, game shows. Uh, uh, I see. And 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 try to keep games as this one large family rather than uh, what is usually treated as, which is is uh, as people are just interested in trading card games, or I just see. interested in first person shooters, or okay. something like that.
1: Well, it sounds like you guys would be perfect for her <laughs> for uh, suggestions on. On uh, what to do for introductory content then yeah well we uh, this, would have
2: we would have things to say because because oh, basically yeah. every uh, um, every uh, fr- well first of all the high level idea which ties back to this idea of play a lot of games damn it yeah. uh, is 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 look at all the games and they all have relevance to whatever you 're doing yeah um, and uh, and if it's if it 's not fun to you, uh, you should probably try playing it again and, and, and at the Make it fun, or at the very least, try to figure out why other people think it 's fun because I see. because that 's sort of your professional responsibility yeah. you, you, should, you should know what makes those things tick um, and then, uh, and then any one of the chapters is something which is 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 worth people thinking about yeah. I, just, uh, uh, I just gave a talk at NYU on uh, luck in games, and what I talked about there was was what uh, what the role of, of, uh, of, of luck is in games, how it can manifest itself and uh, and uh, uh, how professional game designers ought to use it or not use it.
1: Hmm. So it sounds like basically what we would want is some concurrently running uh, thing all day where you guys go through the various chapters of this book, basically, since yep. no one can get a copy of it yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, also...
2: Any any one of the topics in the book, though, if you just had the chapter headers, yeah. right, uh you could do things like run panels, where, like, yeah. you talk about luck in games, for example. Yeah. You could have a panel with people, and they could talk about it, and uh we wouldn't have to be there. They would, if they were a responsible and broad panel, they would come up with a lot of material, which we did.
0: And but. the people that were on the panel would be randomly chosen.
1: It just... To sh- demonstrate the effects of luck. Exactly. Well, I'm assuming though that nice. they wouldn't be randomly chosen because I'm assuming that it's o- they would only be partially randomly chosen <laughs> for optimal game design. <laughs> yes. that, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. You're probably. Uh, yeah, randomly chosen with some kind of bias.
2: I, I would probably actually make it so that you wouldn't know that you weren't going to be on the panel until very late. Like, there's always this chance you could get back in because you don't want to be eliminated <laughs> from uh, contention.
1: <laughs> And so at any point, you might be called up. I I like – okay, so uh, I I don't think this has necessarily any any content implication for the conference. But uh, I like the idea of a panel where the goal is to be on the panel at the end of the day. But there's some very highly structured set of arbitrary rules that involve who can be on the panel, kind of like what you're saying here. And so maybe this panel is only like 10 minutes long, and it doesn't really have a topic other than awesome people is like the topic of the panel, right? And everyone uh, wants to be on that panel.
0: So it's the equivalent of... Wasn't there a metagame? A of 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 Megathon. The Omegathon, right? The so it's the pack version, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's a popularity contest. It's After each panel, perhaps. people can vote,
1: can vote on the speakers. E- e- in oh my goodness! It's like be Survivor be. for panels. Survivor panelists. for
0: panelists.
2: Yeah, just I just posted uh, the rules to this uh, this game on on um, our website. Uh, Called 11 plus, which is uh, you you play the simple Nim game, and every time you finish it, you uh, you add a rule to it. So you could have your panel run in that sort of way, where where what happens is is there's four seats on the panel. And and there's uh, some rules, and the, they have to keep on iterating those rules. And every every minute or so, the audience makes new rules. But <laughs> they people, have to follow when people when people <laughs> fail to follow rules, then they get they get off thrown the panel, and somebody, somebody panel. else goes up, and so they get, and then and then the the structure would get more and more innate until it collapsed under its own weight.
1: And there just simply couldn't be a panel anymore, right. so it ended. All right. I like yeah, it. I, yeah. I think we'll have to figure out a way to do this. <laughs>
3: so, we'll have to work this in somehow.
2: That, that definitely should involve alcohol. Yes.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: that's probably true. That's probably true.
3: Oh yeah. So one scheduling thing, like for your game roast and probably for this nonsense that you're talking about, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh, is the later,
3: yeah. later, the later you schedule it, the, the
0: better. Better.
3: And with a break, you know, a dinner slash bar break. Right.
1: So you basically have it so that people can get loaded.
0: Yes, I mean, and you could then even,
1: come to a panel.
3: You could even yeah. call them after happy hour panels. Okay, that actually is a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, li- and but literally, I'm not even literally saying say, that it. is a very good idea. Yeah, yeah, literally call them after happy hour panels. Yeah,
0: instead of right. um, instead of a.m. and p.m., you'd have like <laughs> before happy hour and a.h. And, a- and p.h. or
2: sure. yeah, yep. In the evening, you just have drunk game designer. Conferences or, uh, <laughs> or yeah. panels, and so then you have like the drunks admire thing, and you just make sure to, yeah. to get him get, make get him to get his drink on. You could have the
0: yeah, uh,
3: yeah, and, and, uh, and a, drinking
0: contest. What, then panel. then panel.
3: One other very tactical suggestion is um, <laughs> is if you went to local bars around the area and said. Oh, hey, if you um, give people that show their badge a dollar off a beer, we will put your name on the list of bars doing the happy hour panel, right? So they go in, you get a dollar off a beer or whatever, and then those three or four bars are listed so all the people go over there and drink. So everybody – it's a win-win. Everybody Right. So
1: basically you – You are definitely tactically setting this up for maximum amount of inebriated paneling. Inebriated, honest paneling. I have no problem with that.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not against this plan. I'm in just saying know it's very it's cunning, us,
0: right? Yeah.
3: yeah, I just you know run it by your lawyers first, and I <laughs> did not suggest this, right? Except in jest. If anything and was, I'm,
1: if anything were to happen, it would be in no way because of your suggestion, certainly, right? Because I
3: mean, yeah. my suggestion was purely in jest. and disband. my
1: agreement with that
3: that's was right. also purely in jest. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but <laughs> that, that might be bias. a good and idea, or should so we say so
1: instead of ingest perhaps in That's right. So,
3: and you know, because that's the Main thing, like I noticed at GDC, the main reason to go to GDC is you actually free, people. just free alcohol. Because you you go to GDC and you go afterward, you can kind of wander. Even if you never went to the conference, you can sort of wander these hotels afterward and all the little. It's conference a, little rooms and, yeah. it a little weird. There's all these sponsored sessions and yes. they're just pouring. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know that. It's pretty clear that the bums in San Francisco have not quite figured this out yet. Yes. They, they,
1: <laughs> that's going to be the ant trail from hell. When some, right. when one dude makes it in there, it is yeah, over. It right? is It over. is just full on over. Yeah,
3: back yeah. to San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: Now that we have solved every problem that anyone has ever struggled with in how to put together a game <laughs> design... To get
1: finally and totally. ...a game
0: design conference... Uh, we will bid you good night. Thank you so much for joining us, Casey.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, game developer listeners, plan to attend PAX Dev and everybody else, plan to attend PAX Prime because both of them will be awesome. And next week, we will talk about a very exciting Spectromancer expansion called Truth and Beauty, and that is at www.spectromancer.com. Would you like to repeat it,
3: Scott? What was that? Repeat what? Repeat www.spectromancer.com? I think our listeners know by now they're not idiots. Know what? (laughs) That it's at www.spectromancer.com. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Since I'm actually new to this podcast, I'm sorry. I'm not sure what you mean by this. Like, if I go to www.spectrumanswer.com, I'll be able to like look at this game or download it, for example. Absolutely, More than just if, look if, at it.
3: You can play you, it for free. If if you go to www.spectrumanswer.com, you'll be able to download a free version and have a lot of fun. Well, I know what I'm doing after the
1: podcast.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> that note, we'll bid you good night. This is Jessica Price signing off.
3: Good night for Scaffy Lias. Good night for Richard Garfield.
1: And good night for Casey Roderick.